Doing justice is complicated. Doing justice is not a simple thing. Every one of us wants justice. No one really approves of the oppression of one person or group uh, of people by another. And what I might see as a matter of justice, you might see as something else. And so if we start an emergency overflow shelter on the corner of Peachtree and Pine, is it justice when that shelter turns out to be something else, something other than planned, becomes a more or less permanent residence for about four to 500 men, some women, who are, many of whom are resistant to change, to treatment, for a very complex set of reasons. Now, the shelter is operated by something called the Task Force for the Homeless, and they haven't been able to pay their bills recently, and conditions inside, by all accounts, quite squalid, although inspectors can't get in there because they won't let them. And the building's new owners want to evict not the homeless people, but the management. They want to put a group in who will help the residents move off the streets and into safe and secure and stable homes. And the issues are complicated because doing justice is not easy, and so inevitably the issues are caught up in our justice system. And the courts are trying to sort out competing claims, desires, interests, and accusations of bad faith. There also appears to me to be um, some sense in which opinion as to what should happen is dividing along racial lines. And when I see that happening, I always think we need to take another look. The influential group of concerned black clergy support the task force, believing they are in a place of last resort for the treatment resistant, and that somewhere for those people to live is better than nowhere. Holding those men accountable for their choices, they believe will lead them onto the streets and there'll be an increase of crime and an increase of all of the problems that come when there's a large group of men with no resources and nowhere to go. And others, especially of the Peachtree Corridor churches, of which we're a part, um, say that's all very well, but the bills aren't getting paid. The men are living without electricity and even water unless our utility providers show some compassion. And by all accounts, these unhealthy conditions are dangerous, and why should we not hold people accountable for their behavior and, and, and help them try and get off the streets, uh, even recognizing how the capacities of some among the poor are severely limited by their own history and mental status and poverty. What is unjust about supporting the carefully worked out plan to address homelessness in our city that was worked out uh, by many citizens under the tenure of Mayor Franklin? See, doing justice is complicated. It's not straightforward. A longing for justice is a universal human hope. Every one of us wants life to be better for everyone. The longing is much of the content of the words that go with the wonderful music that we're enjoying today. Shout praises to God, for one of these days, no one will have to be hungry. No one will mourn. No one will weep. We are forgiven sinners on the journey home. We're becoming the love we seek. And as we take communion, our choirs will be singing about how we sing today and shape tomorrow because justice gives us all a chance. The prophets remind us that this is a reasonable and holy hope. This longing can be a blessing if and as and when we act in ways that are pleasing to God. So even though doing justice is complicated, we simply must figure out 
away what our part is and begin setting about doing the work we've been given to do. That was the message of the prophet who year, hundreds of years after Isaiah of Jerusalem was speaking to a people who'd been in exile and who'd come home and who had either built or were rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And life was pretty good. And they were going back to their observances and their fasts and their liturgies and their worship. And he says, he says that's, uh, you might call this acceptable to the Lord, but the fast that the Lord desires is to loose the bonds of injustice and to undo the thongs of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free. Is not this the fast I desire, saith the Lord, to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house. Ow! Ow! Then, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and the Lord will answer your cry for help and will satisfy your longing and your desire. Doing justice is complicated. The idea of bringing the poor into our homes, the very poor who most of the time can't regulate their own behavior, I, I just can't do it. I can't believe that's what God is really saying to a community where there are great chasms between us. They'll drain all our energy, our resources, our time, and our money. And yet at the same time, those prophets talk about caring for the weakest among us, being in relation with those who are damaged and oppressed, staying connected with the wayfarer and the stranger and the widowed and the orphaned and those who are suffering and not living as though we have no connection and they don't exist. It seems to me that's the clue. Doing justice is complicated, but it's got to start with relationship. It's got to start with some kind of connection. Our staff has done some work over the past few years on attending to differences among us and how we get caught in the realities that flow from real differences in power and history and background and race and so on. In one relationship, we might be in the majority, the power group, and another, we might represent in a, a minority. And so we might become like a teacher who works tirelessly with a child that she knows is from a broken home and pours all kinds of effort into that child and in a way trying to encourage gives a grade that the child hasn't earned and does it over and over and over and that kind of helping is not helpful in the end it is dysfunctional it's not unlike giving someone a dollar because it's easier than addressing the reality that panhandling is not the same as homelessness and it's hard to say no, just make it go away because it's easier. Or perhaps allowing an emergency overflow shelter to become a residence for people who will not be regulated. Because what happens when we do that dysfunctional helping is that it gets internalized among those who are allegedly being helped. And what that internalized message is, I can beat the system. I don't have to work for my grade. I can make more money panhandling than I can by dealing with my issues. Or I can live in this shelter and, and to heck with everybody who thinks otherwise. It's a really complicated thing. Doing justice is not straightforward or easy. Any hope of justice with that pattern and history goes out of the window when our relationships get distorted. And so hearing the call of the prophets 
and seeing the example of Jesus, we try and converse about the challenges we have in relating black and white, men and women, rich and poor, black professional and Philippine maid, wherever there's a difference of power. We try and talk and we at the same time have to learn to talk with each other and not past each other because we often wind up talking on completely different levels. One of us is talking personally, another one's talking institutionally. So if you grew up in the South as a white male, which I rather patently obviously did not, but, but I've heard your stories often enough, that, and you find yourself talking about the woman who helped raise you and how she was almost part of your family and who cooked and who cleaned and someone you love dearly. And then you're accused of participating in a culture of racism. And that relationship that you value so much is being named as a problem. And you're talking personally. And someone else is talking just as truly and institutionally. And it's hard to have a real conversation, to get on the same level, to honor the other conversations we need to have. This is spiritual work of bridging those chasms that so often divide us. See, doing justice... Is complicated and it's not easy. The longing that we have, the longing that we sing about, the longing that we celebrate, the glory of the grace of God that we're praising today, that all will be well in our lives, is a holy gift and it is as pleasing to God as any fasting when it is more than a vague aspiration and becomes an incentive to action. Now, we can disagree about the best future for the shelter at Peachtree Pine, or for that matter, immigration policy, or for that matter, health care. But people of faith who read these scriptures cannot disagree uh, about the priority of taking care and addressing the needs of those who are broken and downtrodden and oppressed and poor. We can disagree about how to do it, but any agenda that is not saying that part and parcel of the work is, to, is so that others can flourish is of paramount importance. So we have to find ways to seek right relationship without or through all those distortions that come with power and our particular histories and its hard spiritual work. And it's part of what it means to ensure that our salt has not lost its flavor and that, so that the light of the gospel can shine through us for a broken and a hurting world. So we can begin by thinking about someone we know we're going to run into this week, where if we're honest, there's just a chasm of experience between us that makes it really hard to trust, makes it even hard to love sometimes. And think about that brokenness, whatever the reason, and ask in prayer that God help you find a way through the distortions of power and history in that relationship where you can come to a place of real appreciation, a beginning point of appreciating the other whose difference you recognize. And in so doing, you'll be making a start on the work of doing justice, and your righteousness will exceed that of the Pharisees, and you will not be far from the kingdom of heaven. In silence... And in response to the gospel, let us pray.